been playing a lot of Red Dead Redemption 2. But this show, Edge of Your Seat Podcast, episode 22, is more loaded than the guns in that game. Tons of stuff for you in this one. I'm excited. I was excited to speak with LaSalle Peru, boys basketball coach Jim Trevaney. Always love talking to him. I would call him a friend, good guy. Always talk basketball, talk other stuff. In this interview, this little chat, we range everywhere. We talk about video games and cell phones and where we grew up with rivalries when we were in school compared to what it is now, things like that. We jumped around everywhere and it was awesome. Great chat on all all aspects. It was amazing. It did happen a week and a day ago, happened eight days ago. When we did the conversation, LP was one and three and had just wrapped up playing in the Dean Riley tournament in Ottawa. That's how they started their season in the Dean Riley. Since then, LP defeated Depew 65-37 and then fell to Plano 65-49. So they are two and four. That's their record as of right now on December 9th. And the Cavaliers do have a game tomorrow, Tuesday, December 10th, against Sycamore. Before we get to Jim Germaney and our awesome chat about everything, including cod and whether that is a fish fry or a video game, a couple things I want to speak about. First of all, I will never try to say that I'm perfect and I don't make mistakes. I made a mistake in the last episode, the episode 21, with the Mendota and Princeton girls basketball teams. When I was listing the Princeton scores, I named Tigresses freshman Aaron May as a six-point scorer when it was actually junior Erica Sorensen. Both of the names start with an E and their numbers are 44 and 45. I looked at the wrong one when I was reading my stat sheet. I took a photo of the book it's on my phone. I had it sideways. Anyway, no excuses. I looked at the wrong name. So apologies to Erica Sorensen for not giving her her props against Mendota and helping Princeton put some points on the board. I apologize for that. Also, in that same broadcast, I did not realize the sheet that I was looking at was missing a game for Amelia Bromenschenko. I said she was fifth with about 1,160-something points. With the game that I was missing, which was against Rockford Lutheran, she is still in fifth, but she has 1,192 points. She is inching in on Amy Devitt, who graduated in 2015. I watched a lot of her games as well. She has 1,273 points. Amelia is right on her footsteps, closing in on fourth. But just wanted to get that out there. I did not realize the Rockford Lutheran game was not in there on the, the updated scores that I was looking at. Now we know the truth. She has 1,192. Congrats, Amelia. Still got a long season left. You're going to be climbing this ladder. I already know. I'm sure you do, too. You're doing fantastic. It's a lot of fun to watch her. If you have not watched Amelia Bromenschickle play basketball, it's a lot of fun. She's worked on a three-point game. She is a driver. She admits she's a driver. She takes it inside. She can do the Euro step. I seen her do it against Princeton. I was like, oh, my. She weaved her way into the paint, then took a step, made a really, really awesome play that, you know, you don't really see on that level, you know, varsity basketball from a junior you know, some top-tier seniors, you know, you'll see that from. But it was amazing. And she did it a couple times. She played really good defense. She hustled, steals. She had a couple blocks. She was everywhere all over the court for the Lady Trojans. If you want to see a spectacular player play basketball, go watch the Lady Trojans sometime this season. Amelia Bromenschenko is the real deal. One more thing. I really am not a huge 
fan of new rap. I think it's mumble rap. I grew up in an era, you know, when Notorious B.I.G. and Tupac got shot, I was 10 or 11. You know, then I grew up with DMX and Nas and Jay-Z and, you know, people that were known for lyrics and things like that, going through struggle and, and, you know, heartbreak and how they prospered and how they made it through things and stuff like that. And then you went to the cash money, no limit era where it was all about money, cars, clothes, girls, all that kind of stuff. And that's kind of stuck around but kind of changed, you know, sound and things like that, you know, different generations, different eras things are always changing. I just, I can't really get into the, I never got into the auto-tune. I can't get into the mumble rap where it sounds like you're singing. I think you're trying to rap, but I don't know what you're doing. Just not my, just not my thing. But it was all over my Facebook and Twitter when Juice World, the 21 year old rapper, passed away on Sunday, not too far from us. For me, anybody that's listening to this in the Illinois Valley, was at Midway Airport in Chicago where he went through a seizure and just didn't make it through, passed away in Chicago on Sunday. Sad to hear, even though I do not listen to, you know, the mumble rappers and things that are coming out now, besides like J. Cole, you know, the kind of people that you know, I do listen to. I decided to check out his music on Spotify. I'm a huge Spotify guy. I listen to it all day, every day. If I didn't go to work in a place where I couldn't have headphones in my ear, it would be a 24-7 type of deal. But I did check out some tunes. The one that I did know, and I'm sure most of you know, is Lucid Dreams. Pretty good track. I mean, you could definitely see what I'm saying by mumble rap. It's all over that song and all over all of his music. But good meaning. He rapped or made music from the soul. You could tell it wasn't... You know, he was serious. You can tell with different music and different artists and stuff if they're serious, if it's from their heart, something they went through. And you can tell most of the stuff that he's talking about, which pretty serious. Like, it wasn't the cars, clothes. I mean, some songs are. But not everyone, like most people are these days. So it was cool to actually check out his music. I'm not going to say I'm going to become a fan or listen to it all the time or anything like that. But it was worth my time to listen to what this artist had done while he was alive. And it's sad to see him go at 21. Anybody that passes away at 21, that is definitely too young. You know, shout out to him in the heavens. And, you know, thank you for the music that you did create. I might not be listening to it all the time, but I know some people are. He was all over my Facebook and Twitter. That's not a joke all over every other post whether it was a news outlet a music group that i follow or a friend he was absolutely everywhere in his passing so rest in peace juice world sorry to end the intro on a sad note but we're gonna kick it in to a great fun up-tempo interview with the south peru boys basketball coach jim trevaney this is his ninth season time is flying by that's for sure doesn't seem like he's been there nine years but he sure has He's been doing a pretty solid job for the LaSalle Peru basketball program, and I'm sure it will continue. So, here we are. Enjoy, Jim. We'll be back soon. Until next time, peace. This is my favorite time of the year. Every year when basketball starts or high school basketball tournaments for Thanksgiving begin, I get really, really excited. So I wanted to share my excitement today with LaSalle Peru boys basketball coach Jim Trevaney. Jim, how are you today? I'm great, Brandon. How are you doing? Doing all right. We were just talking about this before we started recording about the gloomy, rainy day. Put a little sun in there and everything would be awesome. Yeah, you know it. Um, the sun helps, but I'll tell you what, when, like you said, when it's basketball season, even though it's cloudy, 
there's still sunshine. <laughs> I like that. That's definitely true. So your season's already underway. You started with the Dean Riley tournament in Ottawa, which is, you know, Ottawa, LaSalle, Peru, big rivals. But this is, you know, still counts as non-conference stuff. But you start the season one and three. Let's just talk about the tournament and how you felt about your team. Sure. Uh, yeah, we opened up with a really tough streeter team last Monday night, and you know they're they're very well coached. They got they had four returning starters, which really put some pressure on us. But it was a great learning experience for our guys, especially to open up against a team like that. Because uh, we, you know, right now we're starting three sophomores and two juniors, uh, so we're really young. But like I tell these guys every day, right now, every day you got to be a sponge. And you've got to soak in a lot of information. You've got to be able to learn quickly and process it quickly and then apply it in a game, you know, and, and translate everything we do in practice, drill-wise drill and five-on-five-wise, and put that in the game scenario because everything's a little bit quicker. And like I said, I think it was a great experience opening up with Streeter on Monday because they've got guys that have been there before. And when we went back and looked at the film, on Tuesday at practice, it was very obvious we were a step behind. That was that was good for us. And then we went and saw a really, really good Oak Forest team who finished first in the tournament. They beat Metamora by, by ten or twelve last night. They beat they I mean they just demolished us. They were they were two steps ahead of us on everything. Uh, so put it to Noah two to own two to start up. Uh, but then we 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 faced the Pontiac team. That was more at our level. Our guys came out. They they played really well. They battled, played really physical uh, with Pontiac, and we we got a W there. And then we played Ottawa, and it was just a it was like a a crapshoot. It was <laughs> who could who could score the ball was going to win. I think we ended both teams combined was about seven for forty nine from behind the arc. So it was an ugly game. Uh, Ottawa beat us, so we're sitting at one and three right now, but. I think we have a really bright future coming up this year because, like I said, there's a lot to learn. We got a lot of really good kids who are coachable. Uh, so I, I'm really looking forward to the longevity of this season. And, I, you know, when I was leading up to that question of how you guys did over the over that tournament, you know, I mentioned Ottawa and you guys being a big rivalry. I know it was a non-conference game. It's the beginning of the season, still tournament. But does your team get excited and ready and anxious every time that they know they're going to play Ottawa? You know, uh it, it didn't quite have the same feel. Uh, you've been to those Friday night games when we're playing at uh, over at Kingman or home at Solette and the gym's packed. There's, you know, a thousand people in the stand and the band's cranking up. Um, it didn't have the, quite the same feeling, but a, a lot of these kids are friends. You know, society's changed, as you know. And, and I mean, we're doing a podcast right now. A, a lot of the, the social media has changed rivalries. Kids are friends now. Kids hang out on the weekends, even though they live in different towns. So there, there's always that edge. There's no doubt you want to beat Ottawa, and Ottawa wants to beat us, and that's why we compete. But it's just different when you play them on a Saturday night in November compared to a Friday night in January. Yeah, I totally agree with all that. I mean, when I was playing, and I graduated in 2004 from Mendota, 
if you were from Mendota, you did not hang out with kids from Hall or LaSalle, Peru or St. Bede or Princeton. But I see it all the time. I'll be at the mall in Peru or a restaurant in Mendota and I'll see kids from Mendota with kids from Princeton or kids with yeah. from Hall. And I know there's club teams, you know, for different sports and stuff like that. And they all, I don't know if that's what started the friendships and the, the rivalries. I'm not saying that they don't mean the same, but it's definitely different. I totally agree with you there. Yeah, you know, I, I think the meaning is still there. I think they mean the same. You still have that edge. And, and a lot of it starts with the fans as well. You know, kid, kids are, are, are players, they're coached to go play the game. They're taught to go play the game. And the rivalry comes from the fans in the stands. You know, they, they get after it and they, they know personnel and they know statistics. And that's where all that kind of stems from. But, you know, we, we go up to Wisconsin Dells in the summer with our basketball team and I can't tell you over the last couple of years of how we'll, we'll, our guys will meet up with other guys at a hotel or, or after a, a summer league game up there. And the first thing they do is they say, hey, what's your Snapchat? And hey, what's your Twitter? You know, and before you know it, they're talking through Snapchat and they're texting each other and, and they become friends over long distances. So, you know, like I said, it, it's changed, but the, the LP Ottawa rivalry, it's always there. There's no doubt things get chippy and edgy and, but you still got to go out and execute and play the game, and you still represent your town, you know, the best way you can. So let's talk about your team a little bit. I know a few players are back. How many upperclassmen, seniors, and juniors did you return this year? This year, uh, we've got 13 guys on our roster. Uh, we've got four seniors, uh, three of which didn't play at all last year. One uh, in Alex Lankaitis, who saw quite a bit of playing time. He's a little lefty point guard for us. He he started a couple games in the in the Dean Riley tournament in Ottawa. He's come off the bench a couple games for us, but he's got really great energy, uh, super competitive kid, and just really a pleasure to be around. And he's, he's starting to understand the game. He's a pesky defender. Uh, so we got Alex coming back. We've got Alex Newman and Jarrett Skinner and Nick Kreiser, who are four seniors. Last year, Nick started out as manager, and by the end of the season, he was coming to so many practices, I started putting him in drills, and as, as a result, he ended up earning a jersey. So he ended up dressing for us last year uh, toward the end of the season, which was great. So uh, he, he's on the team this year. And then Alex Newman and Jarrett Skinner both got injured early last season, and they never practiced or played at all last year in a game uh, or practice at all. So, you know, they've got some catch-up to do, but, you know, they they really put in a lot of work in the offseason. They, they love going to work out the Y. They come in after school in the gym to shoot, play summer ball with us all year. So, so they, they've had a little bit of catch-up to do, but they're getting there. You know, they're getting there slowly. Our junior class... We have Drake Weber returning. Uh, this will, he'll be a three-year starter now for us. You know, he's kind of the heart and soul of our team right now. He really makes the engine go for, you know, the other 12 guys. So we're, we're really excited to still have him on our roster. Uh, we've got Tyler Hartman. Tyler's one of our captains along with Jared Skinner and Alex Lankaitis. Tyler, Tyler had, had a really good tournament. End of the last two games with 15 points each game. And, you know, he's become really a vocal leader, but he's really learned the game also. Uh, I think we, we brought him up last year in the middle of January, right, right around Christmas time. 
right before the Plano tournament last year because he hit that uh, full-court buzzer beater uh, to get us a W at Plano last year. But he's really stepped into his role. He's a great, he's a wonderful vocal leader. Uh, he was the quarterback on the football team this year. So I'm really excited for him because uh, he brings some experience for us. Uh, we've got some other juniors, Latrell Coulter, uh, Trent Hancock. You know, they're, they're still trying to find their way, but come every day with the desire to get better at practice. And that's all I can ask for right now. And then we've got some sophomores uh, that are playing for us. Uh, Michael Jarob, Johnny Riva, and Jack Scary, who are all going to be contributors throughout the season. Uh, they just got to continue to find the flow and the pace of the game and, and continue to improve. The, the players that I know, and I know most of the players on your team, but it's a nice little mix. Like you got Alex Lenkaitis, who I kind of compare to a former player of yours and John Seneca. A little smaller, but energy goes after rebounds, and you can guarantee he's going to give you a hundred and a million percent every time that he steps on the court. Then you got Drake Weber, who he's kind of a quiet kid, but he's very skilled, very athletic. And then you have Tyler Hartman, who you mentioned was quarterback for the football team, who is very athletic and vocal. So you kind of got a mixture of energy, vocalness, or loudness, or, you know, get people amped upness, whatever you want to say. And then you have kind of the smooth operators. Just talk about that kind of mix of, of your personnel. Yeah, absolutely. So once you get to know these guys, none of them are quiet. <laughs> I can promise you that. <laughs> uh, good, good thing, uh, but that's good. You know that you know they they socialize outside of practice, and that, that, that's that's the biggest thing. Like this is my ninth year now coaching at LP, and one of the things I've noticed, like the best teams that I've had, are the teams that are best friends. They hang out after school. They hang out on the weekends after games. They go out and get dinner together. Together. And those that, that's what builds that team chemistry and that team camaraderie, which makes that mix be so perfect. And, you know, when you got guys like Drake and Tyler and Alex, who are not only good kids, but also very hard workers, it helps set the tone for the entire team. So the entire team sees, well, if they can do it every day, I can do it every day. And, but you look at the flip side of that and you say, well, if Drake Weber takes a playoff and it doesn't get noticed, then why can't I take plays off? So, you know, we, we talk about every day, you got to give 100% effort 100% of the time in order to be successful, whether that's basketball or whether that's the game of life. But you're right. I mean, the, the mix I have this year is just phenomenal. Uh, we've got, like I said, really, really good kids. Um, and, but more, more importantly, you know, or equally as important, they have a desire to get better every day. That's very important, I would say. Absolutely, especially at our level. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely. So going into the season and now that we're, you know, four games in, what are you seeing as a coach that is your team strengths and team weaknesses? Uh, it's a great question. And if anybody has been to any of our games that's listening, the, the first weakness that stands out, and, and it's nothing that we can control, is our size. Uh, you know, Tyler starts for us as our big man. Um, I'd call him a four, but he's usually guarding a five on the other team. Tyler's about 6'2", maybe 6'2 and a half. And then you got Drake Weber at 5'10", and Alex Lankaitis at Five nine, five ten, and you know Johnny Riva plays a, a wing position at about six three. But then we got some other guys. You know, we're overall we're a very small team. Jack Scary is about five nine or so. You know, the teams we've seen throughout our first four games are generally bigger than us. When, when we look at, you know, what do we need to do to win games? Is 
we have to learn how to defend the post from a guard position. So that's something we've really emphasized. As far as some of our strengths, I, I think we can really get out and run. Uh, we've pressured the ball full court right now, baseline to baseline, and, and forced some turnovers. When we played Pontiac the other night, we forced 23 turnovers just because of our pressure, our guards being pesky and you know getting hands in passing lanes and trying to deflect basketball. So we do have, uh, as every team does right now, the, you know every coach woke up today and. Uh, as I did, you know, this is my quiet time when I wake up on Sunday morning and I, I try to watch some film before the girls wake up and mom wakes up and, you know, things get hectic around the house and you start to analyze how are we going to get better tomorrow. Uh, there's definitely things that we need to improve upon, but the things that were that are strengths, we can still improve on those too. Uh, you had mentioned that this is your ninth season with the Cavaliers. High school basketball, you know, graduation, kids lose interest, you know, things like that, or another interest pops up that they decide to do instead of basketball, which hopefully doesn't happen because basketball is the greatest sport. But <laughs> every year, team shifts. There's a different type of personnel. Sometimes it's speed that is better. Sometimes, So there's always an intangible or many intangibles that are different. Just talk about that as a coach and how you have to adapt year to year to who your players are, maybe schedule strength, things like that to you know have a successful year, year in and year out. Yeah, you know, the, the one thing that I always fall back on when I'm asked about personnel year to year is, you know, the name on the back of the jersey might change, but the name on the front always stays the same. So we're always coaching the Cavaliers. With that said, we've always got new guys coming in. And it's important, you know, as a coach to put guys in the right position to be successful and to make sure, you know, we're guarding the right guys, to make sure we're running the right offense. And, you know, over time, you know, we, we, we have certain concepts that we teach throughout the year, but they're always tailored toward our players. As a coach, that's hard because sometimes they work and sometimes they don't. But that's when we go back to the drawing board as a coaching staff and we revisit our plans and say, okay, we were doing this and we didn't see being successful. How can we make it better uh, for this guy here? You know, it is tough. I was just thinking about this yesterday. The, the seniors we have right now, we have four of them. And Alex Newman and Alex Lankaitis and Nick Kreiser were all B players as freshmen. They were all on the B team. And Jared Skinner was on the A team as a freshman. And there's four of them. The roster that they had, the amount of kids that were playing when they were freshmen, were 32 kids. And now we've got four. So you're right. There are other interests, whether it's a job, whether it's gaming, whether it's a different sport, uh, whether it's just going home and doing nothing. My philosophy is the toughest kids make it through. And I believe we have four of the toughest seniors, both mentally and physically, playing for us right now. It's it's a hard season. Basketball is long. It's, it's four full months of a daily grind, everyday practice or a game uh, with one day off per week. You're going six days a week. So it is tough. And kids, some kids can handle that and some kids can't. I, I'm always really grateful for the kids that make it through because I know how tough it is. Uh, I, this is my 14th year coaching overall, my ninth at LP. It's not easy. When, when I look at these four seniors, I look at where they come from. They come from the B team, and now they've made it through. They've persevered through my practices, <laughs> my, my mentality. You know, they got to handle me as well sometimes. But I'm, I'm really grateful for any senior who makes it 
four years through our program. I, I think that's quite an accomplishment. I mean, it's kind of funny when you're listing uh, interests and things that kids could get involved in, and you mentioned gaming. When even in 2004, like sure there was Xboxes and Playstations and things like that, but it was still like a secondary or third option. There wasn't many people in my school or whatever that we were walking the halls all we talked about was video games or anything like that now it is very 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 normal and that's a lot of people's primary passion or interest it's kind of crazy now it is you know the one thing that gets me is and maybe i'm just getting a little bit too old for this i don't know but i see kids all the time you know the phone is always in their hand the cell phone's always there, and, and that's fine. I, I don't see an issue with it when you use it the right way. But the thing that always gets me and makes me laugh is when kids watch other people play video games through YouTube. They're watching other people play Call of Duty or Fortnite, and I say, what are you watching? Oh, I'm watching this guy, this this uh, YouTuber, play Fortnite. I'm like, what's the fun in that? Don't you want to be the one playing? And they always say, well, this is how I learned. This is how I get better. You know, and so I, I try to translate that as, as to a coach. I use YouTube. I use videos. I go to clinics. You know, that, that's how I learned too. So I, everything's just evolved. Whether it was 2004, or 2001, or, or 1990, everything's evolved just to, to videos and um, it's instant access. You know, so no doubt. you know these kids that are they're watching games and they're they're learning too. They're just maybe they're not learning basketball. They're learn they're not learning driver education but they're learning how to do Fortnite you know, or play Fortnite. So uh, it's funny you bring that up, though, because last night we were walking out of the locker room after we got back uh, to school here. I had three or four guys walking out. And they said, hey, log on in about an hour. We'll, we'll get some COD going. I'm thinking, <laughs> COD? Like, what's COD? So I, I grabbed Kreiser. I said, what are you guys doing tonight? He goes, oh, we're going to go kill Michael Jarrell and call of duty. I said, all right, man, have fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're thinking, COD, what, they're going to have a fish fry? Like, what are you guys doing? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I was hoping I was going to be invited, but I wasn't, once again, but that's fine. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, that's awesome. I actually did buy that game on Black Friday. I got it cheap, so I was like, hey, I'll buy it. There you go. And then, then the argument comes in when I'm talking to my guys of, is it is it PlayStation or Xbox? So now, then, then you get that argument going. So we just passed Thanksgiving. How was your Thanksgiving? Did you get all the eats that you planned for on Thanksgiving? Uh, too much, too much. I've been, I've been on a diet here the last few days now. Uh, but we got a big family. We, we go over to Marseilles, where my wife is from. We spend a few hours there. And we, we make the Illinois Valley Triangle, like the Bermuda Triangle, make the, Illinois, the Ivy Triangle. We go from LaSalle, where we lived, to Marseilles for a few hours, then down to Streeter, where I grew up, hanging with my parents and my family for a few hours, and then we come back late at night. So I had too much to eat. Breakfast at my house, lunch at the in-laws, dinner at my parents, and a bedtime snack back in LaSalle before bedtime. So we had a great time, though. Awesome. I am going to have to catch some uh, LaSalle Peru games because I miss talking to your parents. I used to talk to them almost every game that I covered for you guys. I'd sit right next to them. So I'm kinda, I kind of miss them a little bit. Oh, well, it's funny because uh, I was just talking to my dad this morning. And I told him I had a podcast interview today. And he said, oh, wow. I said, with who? I told him it was with you. And he said, that's awesome. He said, good. He said, tell Brandon I said hello. So I, I thought I'd pass that on to you. Perfect, perfect. I'll also tell him I said hello. That's, that's yeah, very cool. Yeah, will do. So for, you know, upcoming, right after Thanksgiving is always Christmas, month apart from the two biggest holidays for me anyway on the, on the calendar. Uh, any big plans there with your family and things like that? Well, uh, right now we've got a newborn at home. We've got about, it's, she's about five weeks old right now. 
So the plans are just to lay low. My wife is, she's a typical coach's wife, man. She does, uh, she does a wonderful job of being with three girls all the time. You know, when I'm gone, it, coaching is very demanding. Uh, as, as you know, it's, it's day in and day out, late nights, early mornings, but, uh, not a lot of plans. She's staying home with the baby. She's off work for a few more weeks. And I got, you know, the five week old, we got a four year old and a six year old who are both in school. So she runs them around town right now, going to school and dance and whatever it is. And my plans are just to, you know, number one, always focus on my family. And number two, you know, focus on my job. So this it's just busy, man. It, this time of year, as you know, it, it's busy. <laughs> very, very busy, especially with all the tournaments. Cause you guys went to the Ottawa one. Do you have one in between before the Plano tournament? No, and actually, we're not even in the Plano tournament this year. We changed our schedule up a little bit. We're going to go up to the Chuck Dayton Classic in DeKalb. We've got, uh, we had our four games at Ottawa. We've got, we open up with uh, Depew at home on Tuesday the 3rd, and then we are home against Plano, and we got Sycamore and Morris and Pontiac coming. We got five games in three weeks, so it's going to be busy. And then over Christmas, right after Christmas, we're going to start up at, at DeKalb and the Chuck Dayton. What was the decision to leave the Plano tournament that you guys have been in consecutive for uh, quite a few years? I think I covered you there the last four or five, and then go to uh, the tournament in DeKalb. Yeah, so when I first got hired at LP, we went down to the Pekin tournament. Uh, we went down there for two years, and that was just, it wasn't our style of basketball. It was just too much. So, you know, after my second, after our contract was up, I made the decision, let's get to Plano, where I thought it was a little bit more of our brand of basketball. It's a really fine run tournament. It's a great tournament. There's just some things that I, I was ready just for something new. And, you know, in the future, I, and I'm good friends with their AD and their head coach at Plano, uh, Jim Schmidt and Kyle Keyes, their head coach. I, I think there'd always be a spot for LP, you know, if, if you know if they're willing to have us back. But it's just, you know, it, it's it's just time for a little bit of a change. N nothing against Plano, nothing, uh, you know, nothing against them at all. So I'd like to see our guys compete against some different competition, uh, some different teams. Uh, there's a lot of conference teams at the Plano tournament. You got. Most of our conference schedule is there. Most of our non-conference schedule is there. So we're just looking for something different now. But, you know, we I don't know what the future holds. That could change next year. It could change in two or three years from now. Gotcha. Will there be a difference in competition levels? Because at Plano, you face anywhere from 1A, 2A, 3A, sometimes a 4A squad or two. Is How is it going to be at the DeKalb tournament? Yeah, so it's different. I mean, there's going to be uh, some bigger schools, uh, some tougher competition, a lot of 4A schools. I mean, you're going to have, obviously, DeKalb there. Uh, you got Naperville Central, Oswego. Uh, you got some Rockford schools. Byron is up there who's had some really good teams lately. Yorkville. Uh, Yorkville's a 4A school. So uh, you got Geneseo. You know, Geneseo is a 3A school, but... They got one of the best point guards in the entire state on their team. So he makes a big difference, you know, in Isaiah Rivera. So I, I expect the competition to be extremely tough. You know, when we played this past week over at Ottawa, I thought the competition was really tough there as well. I was talking to Coach Mark Cooper last night when we were watching Oak Forest and Metamore in the championship. And, and Coop told me, you know, the teams that finish first and second at the Ottawa tournament are usually teams that end up winning between 23 and 25 games. That's the level of competition we're playing against right now. And I've always been a, a firm believer in to be the best, you've got to beat the best. And so we, we try to we try to schedule tough tournaments for us where, you know, they're really 
really going to put some pressure on our guys and, and test our ability, but still make us better. Thanks for uh, bringing up Coach Mark Cooper from Ottawa. I did want to, you know, give that family a shout out. They just lost, uh, well, his father, Robert Cooper, and then his brother Mike is their athletic director and used to be the girls basketball coach at Ottawa. So shout out to them. My thoughts and, and prayers and condolences with them. Absolutely. I talked to Mark over the last couple of days just through text message and just face to face before our game and stuff. And, you know, he said, he, he says been rough the last few days, but you know, he appreciates everybody reaching out. Yeah. I'd, I'd met Bob before really nice guy. Definitely loved his sports. And yeah, even his, I mean, his sons are, you know, they're Mendota boys too. They graduated in either the eighties or nineties. Yeah. They, yeah. They graduated from Mendota and then play basketball at IVCC. Mark and Mike are two of the greatest guys that I've ever met. They, they're extremely helpful, you know, wh whether it comes to, to life or personal issues or, or basketball. Mark is always someone that I, I can call, I can text, I can email. Um, he's always willing to help. We were just talking last night, and, you know, as a coach, uh, you, you think you know everything, and you don't. There, there's always more to learn. So last night we were talking – you know, there's there's just some aspects of our team's game right now that I'm looking to improve upon. I just asked Coop. I said, if you don't want to answer, you don't. But I said, what are some things you do in practice? And you know, as a coach, it's easy to kind of shut off to that because Coop's such a good coach. Sometimes coaches don't want to share their information, but I always believe that the best coaches share their stuff. And so we we talked for about ten or fifteen minutes on what are some different things he does in practice, and then he asked me, you know. What are some different things you do? And so we kind of shared some information, you know. So and that, that's what I like about those guys. They're first class guys. They're like I said, they're always willing to help out. They they don't think they're above anybody. They're just they're just really really good guys. I've always enjoyed talking to them, both of them, whether it was for basketball or you know feature stories on their athletes or whatever. They've always been awesome to talk to. And this is kind of one of the. When I was going, when I decided that, you know, my time with the News Tribune had came to an end and I was trying to figure out what I was going to do next before I decided to do the podcast, that was the biggest thing that kind of made me decide to do this is the camaraderie between the whole Illinois Valley, whether it's basketball, football, baseball, any sport here. It's, it's, I don't want to call it a family, but everybody knows the coaches. Everybody knows the coaches' families. And once you're a reporter, I was at the News Tribune for eight years, like you get to know all these people and, and I met their parents. I know your parents. And it's like, I don't, I don't want to lose out on that and being able to talk to these really cool people that have the same interests that I do, especially with basketball and didn't want to lose that. So that's, that's kind of why we're talking here today with the podcast. There's such a passion. There, there's truly a passion in the Illinois Valley for athletics. And, and what, it, what it's done for me is it, it holds me to a high expectation. It holds me to high expectations for, for practice, for games, and I love that. I love how people get involved with the basketball program and the football program, the baseball program. It seems like, you know, sports have, has the ability, as you know, uh, especially in the last couple of years, whether it's, whether it's uh, life or death, whether it's state championships, or sports have the ability to bring people together. And as a, as a public figure, as a, as a basketball coach, I, I thoroughly enjoy when I, I went out to Hy-Vee last week. And I, I mean, this happens every day, but you know, I'm walking through the aisles at Hy-Vee and this little old lady, I, I've never seen her before. And I, I felt terrible, but she walked around the corner. She said, coach, 
I said, good morning, how are you? She said, I just want to wish you best of luck this season. I'm like, well, thank you. <laughs> you know, and I, I don't even know who this lady is. And I, I said, thanks a lot. I said, come check out a game. She goes, oh, I'll be there, don't worry. I, I, I enjoy that. Like I said, it doesn't matter if you're 80, if you're 30, if you're 15, you know, there, there's a lot of passion for sports and it really holds me to a higher standard. Kind of elaborate on what you're talking about, life or death, you know, everybody stands, you know, in the sports world together. Unfortunately, this past year, we had Ben Bocas, who was a Mendota graduate a couple years ago, pass away. And then Evan Noblock from, he went to St. Bede passed away over over the summer and i saw you at the ben bocas way i seen dixon team came st Bede hall the whole community came for both of them even at, at no blocks as well there was tons of different schools there coaches players representative from all over the area even outside of what we call the illinois valley or what i guess the coverage area for the papers and the radio stations around here like i said sure. Dixon and Sterling and further down south, I think I saw a couple people from the Peoria teams, Peoria Christian and, and things like that. So just kind of, you know, talk about that. I mean, to elaborate, it's all over. Everybody's got everybody's back and it's pretty, it's something pretty special. You know, there, there's a fraternity. There's no doubt about it. Between coaches, uh, between programs, there's a fraternity. You know, there's only, uh, you know, 300 some high schools in the, in the state. When you look at it like that, there's only 300 or so that head basketball coaches. There's a lot of businessmen. There's a lot of businesswomen. There's a lot of doctors. But there's only a select few of basketball coaches or you know, boys basketball coaches. So there's a fraternity. Ben Bocas is my wife's cousin. Kids have the ability to have an impact on other kids. They have the ability to have an impact on other other coaches, just in their words and their actions on how they compete. You know, we remember that. I mean, I, I could tell you five or six kids that I just saw compete at the Dean Riley tournament that really had an impact on me just by their hustle and their attitude and their gratefulness and, you know, their joy for the game. And, you know, you remember that stuff. So, and, and you always want to treat others as you want to be treated. You know, if it was your son or daughter, if it was one of your players, you, you would hope that the efforts returned are the same that you put out. Hopefully I didn't talk to you too long. We're going a little bit over a half hour here. One thing I wanted to mention, well, actually, you mentioned it before, you guys. Your family just had a newborn, three daughters. Just want to say congrats. I don't know if I, I've seen you in person since then. I know I, I think I put something on Facebook, but uh, congratulations. Happy to hear the Trevaney clan is, is growing. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, they're growing and growing quickly when they're this little. Uh, something's changing every day. You try to cherish this, and you know we'll go back to our to our phone comment about earlier. If the phone's always in the hand, so we're always taking pictures and videos, and you know just, there's just always something new, and so it's a lot of fun. You know the girls are right now ex really excited about Christmas, and so they're we're getting all the Christmas decorations out today. Got the Christmas music playing upstairs. And honestly, I don't mind going over 30 minutes with you because I'm sitting downstairs in my man cave right now. They're all upstairs running around. I can hear little feet pounding above me. So um, I, I've, got, I've had about, you know, 40 minutes here of, of quiet time and a chance to talk to another adult for a little while. So I don't mind going over, believe me. Well, thank you for sharing your time with us, your man cave adult time. I'm glad yeah. you uh, looked at us as sharing instead of interrupting. We definitely appreciate that one. Oh, absolutely. I'm glad I could do this. I hope I'm your first coach. Am I, Brandon? Not the first coach. All right. First coach at LP. How about that? Uh, first basketball coach. 
First basketball coach in the field. Okay, I'll take it. I'll take it. I did talk I to. Uh, it, yeah, definitely. Of course, I'm glad you came out. But we did talk to uh, Jose Medina when the LP football team got into the playoffs for the first time in in quite a few years. How exciting! I mean, that, that's so that's so good for Jose. He's he's had a rough go there his first couple of years, but he's such a hard worker he's such a good dude everybody the lp community the, the illinois valley we're really excited for jose and his team this year yeah what's crazy is they hadn't been to the playoffs since 2009 and everybody was like oh my god lp there used to be a football powerhouse and things like that why haven't they been to the playoffs well they have to realize at that level it is not easy especially in the conferences this year the conference change of course interstate eight but before that in the northern illinois big 12 there was powerhouses every single year. Ottawa had a good run. Geneseo, year in and year out. Crossovers would be DeKalb and Sycamore, who are perennial playoff teams. It's not easy to, to get out of conferences like that year in and year out. And a 10-year gap, I really didn't think was crazy because there was a lot of years they'd miss by a game or, you know, things like that. And I think it, it transfers over to basketball as well. I don't care if you're talking football. I don't care if we're talking basketball, volleyball, soccer. I don't care what sport we're talking with the coaches we have nowadays, with the schemes they come up with, with, with their their fine ability to coach and, and the player development, you know, I mean, this is a whole other conversation. Maybe maybe next year or something. But basketball and high school athletics has really become a twelve month job. It's not November, December, January, February, and a week or two in March. It is 12 months. And, you know, with, with kids developing and coaches always learning and developing, it's hard. It, there's nothing easy. I don't, it, it, you know, LP used to be a powerhouse. Well, you know, everybody's getting better. You know, we're getting better. Other teams are getting better. But nothing is easy. And I, as I tell my guys the other night, if, if something's really easy, we're doing something wrong. Uh, we came out, we beat Pontiac the other night. You know, Streeter took, Streeter beat us the night a couple days before that by 10. And Pontiac takes Streeter into overtime. And then we come out, we're at by 30 at one point on Pontiac. To me, it was never easy. And although we're at by 30, we still focus on the execution. We still focus on giving great energy and effort because I've seen 30, I've been part of it. I've seen 30 point leads disappear in minutes. It, it should never be easy. We walked out of there that night after beating Pontiac, and our kids were dog-tired, exhausted, sweat dripping off their chin. And I said, how you guys feel? They're like, man, we're tired, you know? I said, that's hard work. I know we won by almost 20, but it wasn't easy, and it shouldn't be. You know, every day should be a grind for you. So whether, like I said, like I said whether it's football or basketball or, or tennis, every, everything's hard. And that's that's the way life is, you know, and you got to find your struggle and you got to find out, you know, you learn your most when when you're under stress and under pressure. Uh, if something's really easy for you, find a way a little bit, make it a little bit more difficult and you learn something about yourself. All right. Well, thank you again. We appreciate it. I'm glad you had a, you know, a happy Thanksgiving and, a, you know, a fantastic Christmas is coming up. You said something else was a, a conversation for another time. You can join us at any time you'd like, Coach Giovanni. Yeah, well, I, I'm glad I'm uh, the, the first basketball coach at LP to join the podcast. But <laughs> I, I appreciate doing this. this is, to me, this is really fun. I, I enjoy this stuff. And I, I listen to podcasts all the time. Summertime, I love to sit on the deck and put the headphones in. I, I always wished I was in your seat. I always want to be the guy doing the interview. Um, but I, I'm really grateful that you have me on the other end as well. You just made a, a great idea pop up in my head. Next time we talk, we can flip it around and you can be the interviewer. <laughs> 
let's do it. I'm all for it, my man. I don't think that's ever happened. I've done some interviews with for IVCC students and stuff like that that needed a media guy or somebody in the media to help them out with the English paper. But I've never yeah. had a coach or anything interview me. That'd be that'd be pretty cool. All right, good. We'll get we'll get to the background of who Brandon Lachance really is. <laughs> there we go. Maybe we'll have a couple listeners for that one. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully, uh, Edge of Your Seat podcast has made your podcast rotation. Hopefully that. Hopefully you're listening to us. You got it. Oh, yeah. Uh, yep, I love them, man. Well, thanks, Coach. And like I said, have a happy holiday. Thanks. You too. I appreciate you having me on. Happy holidays. 